pushing the boundaries of expectations, rewriting the rules of adventure are the reasons we get up in the morning. We share your hunger for a life without limits. Greetings, KB. So glad to have you back with us today for another transformational podcast. All of you in the audience know and you understand and realize that as kinetic believers, by transformational, I don't mean that you're becoming something that you're not, but you are gracefully and beautifully just transitioning into the purest form of what you already are. StephenCanyon.com is the website to find out more about what I just said. Hello, Miss Maggie. Hello, Stephen. <laughs> How are you? I'm wonderful. What a fabulous weekend it was. Wasn't it wonderful? Yeah. Sunshine, sunshine, sunshine. I, the oh. the weather here, and we are up in the, the Colorado Rockies, pretty high altitude has yeah. been remarkable. Yes. <laughs> it's almost like you can we're going into a a chamber where we can we can choose the weather, we can choose the the mm-hmm. environment and the the flowers and the trees and sunshine and the temperature and all that and you go uh Make it so, it's kind of like a Star Trek episode, and you step into the into the room, and you have a, a perfect um, resemblance of the Earth experience that you want to experience. I always feel like it makes you it makes you feel a little um, out of body sometimes, just when the ambient temperature is is so perfect. You know how they have those those weightless chambers you can go into, and it's full of water, and you mm-hmm. can't hear anything. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. you're void of all senses, yep. but it just it makes me think of that. I it's wouldn't just like so that. perfect. I, I wouldn't like that. They say that do. you hallucinate. Well, and I, I have enough enough of that without going into an isolation <laughs> chamber. So I, we need I to, see enough creatures. Let's calm that. Let's calm that part down. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> so, I can agree with that. <laughs> what would you think about? And somebody mentioned this over the weekend, and we didn't really have a chance to talk much about it. But what would you think about taking your your easel down into the park to paint. I would love that. Because the reason I'm really curious about it is a lot of, there are a lot of people there, a lot of dogs, a lot of kids, a lot of kite flying and playing in the river and all of that. So, mm. I mean, sometimes I enjoy the energy of people living life around me for yes. being creative. And then other times I, I need solitude. Yeah. I think it um, depends on yeah. So I think I think that energy being surrounded by the energy would be really nice. Sometimes mm-hmm. I find that it's almost as if a, a certain part of my mind is occupied by blocking that out, and it helps me be more creative. Yeah, and it, do you find that it is a, a mood enhancer? I mean, because like you're saying, and it, you just uh, at any time you could go down and be in the park and paint. But mm-hmm. do you find that maybe? There are times that you would think, well, I, I need solitude, like yeah, I just said. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, and mm-hmm. I, I think it just depends on where you, where you are mentally in that creative process. So, you know, it's not like we're robots and we can just sort of repeat the same scenario all the time. But something else that's kind of, I think, interesting about what you're doing at taking an easel and your painting mm-hmm. is that you also are being an influence and a positive influence to other people who might come by and see your art. Whereas mm. me, you know, I'm, I'm taking my laptop and I'm writing a book. So I don't know how <laughs> inspiring, you know, me, me sitting cross-legged out in the oh, grass man. in the park with a laptop on my lap would be for other people. You know, that makes me think, though, <laughs> we were in, I think it was Asheville, North Carolina, or maybe it was Boulder. I don't remember. Um, but there was a guy and he would sit on the street corner with an old antique typewriter. And he would write poetry for anyone that would sort of just stop and ask for a poem. I, so I mean, you could do it. You could idea, do that version right? of it. But then I'm not getting anything done on a book. 
you know, that's true. Content. Or I could take a piano. Now that's that go. would be different, and I would love to do that. Yeah, you well, you have your portable speaker. Just take your portable piano down there, and no, see I want what my happens. I want my full size Steinway Grand Piano <laughs> down there in the grass. Now that would cause people to stop. Yeah, yeah. You have a Steinway delivered to the park, and you play uh, <laughs> during the day. That'd be pretty we, fun. Do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Anyway. Who's going to deliver their Steinway to a park, first of all? It's going to cost you. I can tell oh, yeah. you that. Yes, it, it, it will. will cost Probably you. more than just buying one. You know, speaking of influences and also of motivations mm-hmm. and, you know, the occasion where you need the inspiration of energy and from other people, and then those times where you probably would be best served in solitude, there, we are really multidimensional in our own creative needs. And I think it's important, it's imperative, actually, that we recognize those seasons, those seasons. I think moments come in seasons, too. And we Not just uh, the four seasons of the year that are mm. so predominant in nature, but as human beings, we have seasons of hours, of days, of yeah. weeks, of minutes, of moments that it's important. I think it's vital to our success to be aware of those as we transition from uh, uh, creative needs. What do you need now? Perhaps you've had a lot of noisy thoughts, for example. Last night, uh, perfect example, three in the morning, and I'm telling you, uh, and I wasn't asleep, but my thoughts are going from just one rodeo to another. And it was interesting, (laughs) and it wasn't bad. It was just, I'm... I am in giddy-up go mode. Was I snoring? I don't know. My thoughts are too loud. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm just I'm going along for a ride, and I'm and I'm casting this down, and I'm holding on to this one, and I'm. It's kind of like you know what part a of the, what part of the the bronca do I hold on to? I want this. I don't want that. No, that's too high. This is too low, and so I'm going for a ride in my thoughts. That's a perfect analogy, though. Riding a, a wild bucking bull or bronco, and that's exactly what it feels like sometimes when you're sifting through thoughts and ideas and and being a kinetic believer but by being aware of those as an observer and noticing those the the altitude of the kick of the bronco that you're on you can say now <laughs> rather than do nothing because this is a crazy ride that I'm on recognize that this is something that is It's factual. It's actual. It's something that I'm experiencing. So Mm -hmm. how do I manage this? How do I manage this ride that I'm on? And rather than checking out from life, (laughs) make the best of it. Yeah. Make the best of the moment. Make the best of this season. Mm. And in much the same way, uh, we have two identities. We don't have many. We don't have more than that. Now there can seem like in the ego state of consciousness, you've got a thousand yeah. identities, but you're still just dealing with one. As an observer, you can recognize the 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 noise and often the confusion of all of these suggested stories. It's like there's a knock on the door, and you are the producer of a movie. And there's a thousand people standing outside your door, and each one has a different story they want to to bring in for you to consider to produce the movie of. Well, Mm. as the producer, you are the one that has the sign on the door that says, Ego Here. And then all (laughs) the the endless variations of stories are lined up outside the door for you to consider. But as when you recognize that you're just the producer and you get to choose, 
the identity of the story that you're going to adhere to and rely upon, perhaps as a subjective reality while you go for a ride. No, the ego is a tool. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. And when you observe it as wow. a tool, uh, something you can use to put your hands to creatively to enjoy the awareness of the art that you're painting or the story that you're writing or the conversation you're having with someone. There's an art form to conversation. Mm-hmm. As the producer of the your side of the conversation, it's there's a creative experience. And you use the ego to identify with the story you're having a conversation about. Um, it was a chosen story. You're producing it. So cast down the negative ones and you adhere to the, the, to the positive one. But what I'm getting to here is that we have two identities. One is created from the story we are choosing to tell ourselves if you're doing it correctly and not being a victim of stories that are you're believing just because it's racing through your mind. But you're creating the story you're telling yourself and uh, adhering to that is, okay, this is something I'm going to participate in by choice. But And so it's the ego and that's the one you observe, and it's a tool. And as a kinetic believer, you recognize it for what it is. It's not you. It's just something you're identifying with in the moment. And the other one, I'll just throw this in, yeah. is the authentic, beautiful you, the authentic one. Before there is ever a story told about anything, that is the authentic you. So um, I have a couple of questions about this. First of all, when when you began speaking, the word that kept popping into my mind was adaptability. But then as you led us through this process of of understanding our true self, it seems like so much more than that. So it's, it's as if adaptability is just the baseline and we're building with creativity and awareness and and embracing of the highest self. And so I'm under I'm getting a more a better depth of understanding on this. But also I'm wondering when you talk about telling ourselves the right story about who we truly are, um, how do we do that while still not identifying with forms and labels? That's something that I personally come up against quite a bit. I get a little stuck in that process. Yeah, it, it comes back to this, Meg, that the ego is a life form that is identifying as a life. It has a story that it's attached to, and it says, this is who I am. And it enlivens itself by seeking the approval of other people. It needs to be validated in order to live. So it becomes dogmatic in its opinions, and it becomes authoritative, mm-hmm. and it becomes argumentative, even when there are no facts around to back up the or support the story that's being told. And so... The, the purpose of the ego that is out of control, that's not just a tool, that's not being observed as being uh, something that is helpful to be the creative process to your awareness, it becomes a monster, mm. a, a runaway monster. And, the, and for a monster to live in, in this realm, it has to become greater than its previous moments. Wow. So 
It has to make the story bigger. It has to tell the lie in a greater way. It has to enhance the number of victories. It has wow. to say, yeah. I am, I'm, I'm greater than you. And it's always seeking to inflate itself. And so... This is a light bulb moment for me, this idea that, you know, we always talk about being in the present moment, but it's important to remember that, hey, your ego is in the present moment too. And so it's always constantly looking for its next meal, its next boost, that monster needs to be fed perpetually to stay alive. This and, is huge. And that's how we overcome this is through awareness. Yeah. The conversation we're having now is just being aware that this is the way that it works. This is the by recognizing the ego as something that is not you. Mm. It's not who you are. You have the ability then to rest in between those plaguing thoughts, the noise of the world, the condemnation, the judgments, the, the, uh, the self-inflatedness that comes from operating an ego. And it, so it's from that quiet place, the, the peaceful place, that place of rest that's in between the identifying with mm. things and forms and ideas and people and what they say about you or don't say about you. In between all of that, all those thoughts, that is where... We attract the life that is we're supposed to be experiencing to become more in alignment with the genius of our purpose that we were created with, that we are part of this creation that's authentic, the eternal part of us that's advancing us to expand and become more of what we were created to be. Wow. You know, in, 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 a lot, in, in really the same way, beyond... Names beyond form, places, thoughts, and all of that. There is, and I sign. We both even sign anytime we send out an email or, or letters or text messages, text messages or yeah. anything. And, and I don't care if somebody knows me or not. I'm still saying with much light and much love. Yeah. Uh, I identify with that, like you do, like KBs do, and it's the light of our joy. That is, it's in dormant. It's it's in a dormant state of being, if we are living in the ego, and so it's beneath the stories we're telling ourselves. But by recognizing again, going back to awareness, and recognizing that we are light, we are love, we are joy, we're happiness, we're peace, we are these things. They're not something that we're trying to become or something we're trying to get. It's your identity. It's that is the authority that we were created with. That's the dominion we were created with. And so the awareness of that and wearing it as a badge of honor, if you will, keeps you in lockstep with manifesting the the, the greater essence of who you were created to be. And so that's what we're releasing on purpose. Mm. That's what we're we're using our identity to transcend the ego, to f- flip it around, to put the ego down rather than um, in some honored place of, of controlling our lives that it's never, never was meant to be and not supposed to be mm. in, in that position. And so we naturally develop and we naturally grow through recognition of our higher self. And um, all that then remains for joy and peace and happiness and abundance and health is is the authenticity that comes with gratitude, continually being grateful for 
who we are, recognizing who we are. Gratitude for that. Don't let a day come and go. Don't let a a season of the day, the morning, the afternoon, or the evening, constantly, continually being grateful for what you recognize that you already are, not something that you're trying to achieve. Because without gratitude, and this is vital, the illusion that we're talking about of the self-made grandeur of the ego that's not authentic, it will consume and absolutely devour and put it down to no effect the life giving celebration of a rightful relationship with source, with your creator, oneness, being one with all that we were designed and created to be. I think it's really interesting that you told us we're going to have to recognize the fact that, look, flipping the power structure of the ego versus the highest self is going to be required. And it's sort of funny because whenever someone comes into kinetic belief in a new way, or perhaps you've never even heard of the law of attraction, you have, this is all brand new, recognizing that your your highest self is sort of coming in as, as the underdog in that scenario. When we come into this, our ego is going to be so powerful, so strong. We have been feeding it a lot of protein for many, many decades. And And I think it was just very empowering to hear you tell us, look, this is going to be required. And you you moved directly into gratitude. Is that our first step toward flipping that power structure? It is. It it should be part of the first step. It absolutely is vital to because the rest of it doesn't work. Gratitude is simply saying, I know. I see. It's not blind. It is a... Uh, communication of the awareness that, you know what, I have now this self-awareness, this hunger, which is innate to all human beings for more life, Mm. for an expanding territory, like the flower reaching for the sun to become more. It's natural to the human experience. And gratitude is simply an expression that I am aware, yes, that advancement is satisfied through revelation knowledge of my genius of purpose, of who I really am, of knowing who I am, knowing whose I am, knowing what my purpose is. Well, how do I know you know that? Because I'm grateful. And so you start practicing gratitude, uh, like you're saying, right at the very beginning of this, by saying, okay, even though my life sucks, maybe everything is so (laughs) screwed up, and I don't know anything. All I know is I don't know anything. Gratitude from that state of consciousness is an act of faith. Mm -hmm. And the substance of putting out your act of faith is saying, you know what? I know I need more. I know that there's more to this than this lousy stuff that I'm going through every day. And so by flipping on the switch of gratitude, you're opening up a vacuum. You're creating a space to attract more of who you really are by faith, by belief, adhering to the substance of what you hope to see in your life Mm -hmm. as your reality. The universe responds to gratitude because gratitude is saying, here I am naked in my my desires and my wants and my uh, dissatisfaction, but I know that there's more mm. beyond me. There's more than my intellect, more than the little shallow stories I'm telling myself. There's far more than me, and I want to attach me to the far more, and I'm doing that through gratitude. I felt a strong sense of empowerment enter in when you, when you just reframed gratitude for us, because... 
you know, gratitude, I'm great, hashtag I'm grateful. It, it can almost be a cute little phrase and it can be overused. And so I love that you have made it a more aggressive, a more powerful, um, almost an arrow in our quiver, you know, this this incredible thing that we can attach ourselves to. And And you're right, when you're in these situations of life where everything does seem so doomsday, so dark, so impossible to get out of, Yes, yes, yes. Gratitude is all of a sudden an act of great courage and bravery and will have this massive impact. The the substance of gratitude is an awareness that moves the boundaries of your presence. Mm. It moves the boundaries to become more. And boundaries, which is the, the edge of the space that you're naturally occupying by default, without effort, only grows to become more through gratitude. Griping, complaining, dissatisfaction, anger, all those things, it, it diminishes the boundaries of your uh, the possibilities for expanding to become more life. Imagine a fish, a little fish that's been netted from its aquarium, and you take that little fish and you drop it into a larger one. The territory for... The little fish to swim around and explore becomes instantaneously greater. Mm-hmm. The the boundaries have been expanded, and and it's in the same way that when we meditate between thoughts, revelation knowledge becomes us. There is a sense of being one with much more than we can see, much more than ourselves. And so we are then, in the same sense, we are netted from the one space of awareness that we've been occupying, and we're dropped into another that is uh, identical to what we're allowing ourselves to, to perceive beyond the limited where we are now. But there is an open sea of possibilities that is available to those that live life with the faith of a child. And in quantum physics, it's called kinetic belief. A kinetic belief, one that is not malleable to any constraints of a perceived boundary to to the limited portion, it opens the door to wave functions in quantum physics, and it is the endless possibilities for attracting whatever it is, whatever it is that you can think of or imagine that is way beyond the limited that we can see. Whenever you take us through the the workings of quantum physics and how it relates to the life that we're manifesting, I have to say, it always really washes over me. And it's such a good reminder of how exactly how this is working, because, you know, you began by talking about the story that we're telling ourselves. And obviously, the easiest story and the most common story is what we've already experienced. And so it makes sense that so many of us that we have had that we remember times or maybe we're even in one right now where life is on repeat. So the bad things keep happening. The bad stories keep happening. If you continually tell yourself you're a loser and and that you're a failure, it just keeps recurring and it keeps recurring. So, you know, remembering that we are you know, quite literally sowing that seed, that quantum seed, and that it will have the exact outcome that that the law tells us is such a vital reminder through this process. Yeah, and like you're saying, Meg, we are drawing our attention away from what we can see through gratitude, because as long as we're observing the stories that we've been telling ourselves, the life that we've been experiencing, the failures, the the judgments, good or bad, whatever it is, you're going to continue to repeat those experiences. Mm. And so one way of aligning our belief for 
more revelation knowledge is to first draw your attention away from anything that can be seen. Draw your attention away from those stories, the fables, the the uh, illusionary, that the forms, the empirical world around you. Draw it away from that. And how do you do that? How do you draw your attention away from those things? Mm-hmm. And it is through the practice of meditative kinetic belief. It is through the practice of journaling, blueprinting the life that you imagine to see and desire, the, the, the life that you imagine to be grateful for, the healing that you imagine to, to, uh, uh, be, to be grateful for, and that you're talking about in present tense, as though it has already occurred and already happened. The... The action that you're putting out there because you're now doing something that you couldn't do before you were healed. And you are, uh, in a, a pragmatic, dogmatic way, applying what you are imagining to see and desire and to, to, um, be grateful for and all those things into your practical everyday life. That's drawing your attention away from what you already see and what you've been complaining about and mm-hmm. the the noise of the world and all those things that can be touched or heard uh, those things are the walls of your aquarium <laughs> and so you yes. want to remove the walls of your aquarium and this is how you do it in other words you stop entertaining the imagination of thoughts in this moment and thoughts are imaginations it's it is a it is a uh, uh, again, it's just a, a, a delusional story that we are telling ourselves that was developed from uh, after the moment we came into the natural. And so we look around and we meditate, go back to the beginning and just start with, if nothing else, by feeling the sensations of in your body from within. And you notice every single tension. And it has nothing to do with life forms, but you want to look within and begin by meditating on those sensations from within. Every point of pressure, the life force in your hands, and you create this comfortable space for your feeling of relief. You want to feel relief dropping away those forms and the pressure that comes from them. And become aware of your breath and inhale and hold that breath for five seconds from you're inhaling the from the universe around you. And then you slip away from the details of what you see and you do this intentionally. And it is amazing mm. the effect that that has on disconnecting you from the walls of your aquarium. And then intentionally move into the colors of your environment. Move into those into the patterns of light and even the patterns of sound that may be coming from the neighbor's dog or the kids. Allow it to be what it is rather than a, a point of contact or pressure, a negative influence. Allow it to be. And then you fill your space with the, the quiet of what is. The quiet of the dog that is barking and recognize it as something that you didn't identify with it from the uh, a moment before, and and recognize it as what it should be and can be, part of oneness, because all is well from this place and as it should be. All is well from here, and you allow intentionally timelines to dissolve, because there's no hurry or worry outside of the ego, right? Mm-hmm. And so the mindful management of restrictions to fall away is the use of the ego as a tool Now, rather than it controlling you, you're controlling it. And feelings and emotions, they no longer have you. You have them. 
And so all of these things, they are – we the ego wants to carry the load of the empirical world around it. And so you are divesting yourself of the obligation to carry that load and the burden of those sounds and noises and things that you've labeled them to be either an enhancement or a distraction. Because, look, you are not the bearer of those things. You're, you, we were never intended to be the bearer of burdens in the, uh, the world of forms. And so we feel the presence of peace because nature abhors a vacuum. Peace begins to come into the space now that we're creating. And it may seem like present peace won't last when you think about it. But see, that's the key, when you think about it. So we don't think about it. Don't think about it for the moment. And emotions and feelings, they don't last either. And they just kind of come and go. And and that is why we should never allow ourselves to be controlled by emotions because all positive experiences are attracted from the center of this present peace now that we are creating through uh, the abstract of, of life essence that we're inviting willingly to come into our place of being. I have to say this concept that you're describing, it's really speaking to my spirit. I'm highly identifying with it. When you began by saying, you need to draw your attention away from the old stories of the ego. It made me think of when we went down to Costa Rica and we were just walking through town and all of a sudden these drums start beating and there's fire on tiki torches everywhere and this beautiful woman comes out and starts belly dancing in the street. There are probably 200 people that gathered around and there is no way that anyone was going to look at anything else except her. She was so beautiful, so alluring. It was very powerful. And it makes me think about what you're saying, because Mm -hmm. if you cultivate a life from the highest self and you infuse it with beauty and an alluring quality, it will just naturally and and in this really sort of gentle way, redirect us into the the right focus and onto the right path. And I just think that's incredible. The optics of an alluring beauty are natural, aren't they? It's just an expression of self. And it's from the energetics of the now, like you're talking about from that, that uh, time in Costa Rica, the, the, that there were no other thought forms that mm-hmm. where the present tense of gratitude for nothing missing, broken, or wrong attracts to manifest best lives. So that was a, a transcendental state of being that that moment brought you know 200 people into it makes me i have a question about that so it's making me wonder if we're having trouble leaving the ego story behind is it because we are lacking something beautiful something that we are highly passionate about in the highest self to draw us away is is that what's happening usually what's happening and it's a great question because when you feel a dissatisfaction that is that keeps you in the ego. In other words, mm-hmm. an awareness of how something could be better or something could be worse. And comparatively speaking, when you're into comparisons, you're into judgments. And so you move away from the center of present peace because you are thinking, this is not, uh, I, I wish there were five belly dancers. I wish there were no <laughs> belly dancers. I wish there were more drums. I wish there was an That's electric to get, guitar to add to the drumming. When you are desiring things to be as though they are, they are not. Mm-hmm. 
then you're in judgment and you are identifying again with forms in the empirical. And so to allow things to be as they are, and and like I said, the dog barking or the kid or the belly dancer or the drums or whatever it is to be part of, of life as it is and should be and because it is in the moment and to accept. It's an acceptance. That is what unconditional love is. It's an acceptance for things as they are while they are that way. Recognizing that, no, they're not perfect because all of life is advancing toward perfected completion. The mind, body, and soul of yourself and of myself and of every listener, we're all advancing, which means that as we are now is not wrong. It's not right. It just is. And so the ability to meditatively accept things as they are from the center of present peace uh, produces pleasant feelings, and it it uh, melts away regrets and doubts and worries and fears. And by looking from from within into the present moment to the full extent of what is and with an acceptance, you awaken the reality of your original self. And so it's from this, this mm. present place of peace, like that evening in Costa Rica, from the, from the now that was then rather than responding in a habitual way of being, you know, I don't, I don't like this. It's not what I'm accustomed to. It's not the traditions of, of my family, the tradition of life. It's not to the tradition of what, where I come from. But rather than, than, and rather than responding in that habitual way of expectation, we let go of control. And then it's like a butterfly that we can see ourselves emerging from stillness into the center of ourself. Life's circumstances, they are beautifully change, and especially for the journeyman, the person that is willing to, with the faith of a child or with the kinetic belief of a cavey, go out and continue the journey to use your ego as a tool for awareness, for experiencing art forms, for experiencing conversation that is um, that champions and celebrates and edifies and encourages others. Life circumstances are revealed either by default, the expectations of traditions, or on purpose through a meditative stance of expectation. And so we either develop to become more on purpose or we are diminishing to become less by default. You know, without purposeful thought, Meg, which is meditation, life is just like standing, um, you know, in quicksand, really, and things just keep passing you by. the The expression of the greater and the more of who you're supposed to be um, will just pass you by while you remain quagmired in these uh, grandiose self-expectations of being celebrated by other people just because of your ego needing to be inflated. Well, I'm really sensing that this awareness that you're giving that you're giving us today, one of the, the main reasons that it's so vital to our success as a kinetic believer is because when, as we go through life, we do develop ways of doing things, and we don't even realize that they're holding us back. And even if you don't consider yourself a, quote, traditional person, there are still things that you, there are traditions that you have infused into your life without even realizing it. And so 
being willing to take a step back and to say there is a better way and there is a new way of living. There's a new way of doing this, of scanning every nuance of my life and updating it and, you know, Megan 2.0 or whatever, (laughs) but just recognizing that that's possible and that all of us have some sort of tradition that could be holding us back. that's, That's really speaking to me. Well, the noise of confusion in this world and all of its many forms is as real as any should believe, and it's not as real for those who don't who who don't believe, because it it, it takes hostages where it wherever it can, mm-hmm. and it releases them wherever it feels like it must. And so the freedom from all of these things arises from the center of our present peace, which can only be experienced by detaching yourself from those expectations. There is a vacuum of of stillness. Even in quantum physics, there's a vacuum of stillness from the most intimate of spaces, which forges life in alliance with and in allegiance with and with the expanding universe. It is the way of becoming more. Even even where it appears as a life cannot exist, we can expand to experience awareness. It's impossible, you would think, to go there. But it's the impossibilities that melt away from the willingness of the center of peace, even where there's been an emotional trauma in someone's past and a pain where they were uh, afflicted with great suffering because they went into an experience unprepared. The evidence cannot remain in the space between your thoughts for that pain to exist. Mm -hmm. And so literally, we physically... Uh, translate ourselves above the ability of negativism to cause us any pain, any emotional trauma, any hurt whatsoever by allowing the enlightened state of being, the essence of who we really are, the essence of our being, to lead us through this life, to uh, lift us up above all of that noise and its ability to cause us harm. You know, everything you're describing, these skill sets becoming this level of kinetic believer and truly living our life this way, it reminds me of something we talked about over the weekend. We were... um, we, we spoke with someone locally, and they had had a bear visitation in their tent. Mm-hmm. But anyways, that led to our conversation about just bears in general and how they are these apex predators. They're basically bulletproof. They can climb trees and run like 35 miles an hour. And so we were just sort of marveling. But I feel like that's almost what you're describing. As we become aware and as we develop in all of this, we become you know, apex believers. And we we develop all of these skills that make us quite elite in our in our spiritual pursuit. And I just think that's so exciting because growth is possible in the way that it protects us and in a way where we can actually live a life adhering to all of this and it's and it will be beyond our wildest dreams. And, and it is the wisdom uh, that allows us to be protected in our growth. And I'm thinking of the bear story. And this is just right <laughs> after someone in a local shop said, oh, you don't need bear spray around here. There are no, there, there are no bears in the area. Well, anyway, this yeah, the bear if was anyone... wallowing in his tent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> There are bears in the Colorado Rockies, by the way. It's like a PSA. <laughs> if anyone ever tells you there aren't bears in the Rockies, do not believe them. <laughs> Get the bear spray anyway. Get the bear spray. Just for the fun of it. Yes. But uh, it's from the center of stillness, Meg, where all things are well, mm-hmm. and, and that peace, we, it, we inhabit a peace that does surpass understanding. Yeah. There's no 
uh, cognitive reasoning that's required in the essence of peace. It just is. And it's from here that we become more. This is the light of abundance, Mm -hmm. the light that I will pin right before I say, um, be well, my friend, in light and love. And it's that place of abundance that we are relating with all of life and each other because the world in in all of its judgments it is irrational the world is irate and it is condemning and judging and wrestling for approval and so as such its hunger cannot be satisfied and its thirst it cannot be quenched regardless of how dogmatic you are in your approach thinking i'm going to go out there and give them a piece of my mind and fix everything it can't be fixed it cannot be satisfied and the anxiety of all of that it's suppressive and the anxiety of all that it will devour whomever it may devour in the attempt to end its own pains and its own suffering because a person that Anyone that is living a life in the energetics of the ego, they know intimately that they're wrong, that it's not factual. They know that they're fake. They know that they are living a life that is not authentic. And so it's on the other side of that, it is possible. And this is what's so exciting yes. for it. This is why we do this podcast, Maggie. And I have devoted my life for the last 30 years to this because it is possible to enjoy the things of this world without being terrified by fear. And that it is from the the fear of being discovered that you've been faking it that keeps people from living their best life, from going out and experiencing something new. It's the fear of being discovered that keeps them from uh, having friends, from playing golf with other people. Playing tennis with somebody else, from having other people come over that you can unconditionally love, it's from the fear of being discovered. I love this. You've mentioned before how once that someone achieved running the four-minute mile, how this huge wave of four-minute miles (laughs) came through after that. And I feel like what you're describing is so similar in that the sensation I always take away from the podcast is, this is possible. I can do this. Just accepting the fact that you can live a life full of peace, gratitude, manifesting all of your heart's desires, just knowing that that's even truly possible is one of the most powerful things that you can achieve. And I just love that you kept using the word possibility because that's one of the most empowering attributes of being immersed in kinetic belief and listening to this. And one of the most beautiful things about what you just said is it's actually something that in in the world's way of doing things, you don't have to earn it. You don't have to win it. You don't have to achieve it by working hard or being something that you're not. Whoever you are at your core without the mask Mm. is one of the most lovable treasures on the earth. You don't have to do anything but remove the mask to become the most lovable, dynamic, powerful, authoritative Mm. human being that you could ever possibly be. Mm. Wow. And so you fall backwards, trusting into you by giving no consideration as to what other people may think about you. When you are the authentic expression of you and you just... Let the glow of the aftermath be what it will when you become authentically you. Nathaniel Hawthorne, 
wrote in the Scarlet Letter, No man for any considerable period can wear one face to himself and another to the multitude. And he said that in, if, if you do this, which beautifully said, without finally getting bewildered as to which may be the true, it would be impossible for you. It's bewildering to the one who wears the mask. So you set yourself free and fall backward into the one that you were meant to be. That is the first step to living the most dynamic, beautiful, uh, unadulterated, best life. On a journey, by the way, and there's nothing more exciting in the natural than to be that person that's willing to say, yeah, I'm going to show up, I'm going to do, I'm going to desire, and I'm going to unabashedly imagine to be the person that I know that my genius of purpose came into the natural to be. Let's work on some highest viewpoints yeah. and just say this out loud. Say, today, today I will observe fascinating and exciting new paths to pursue. Today I will observe... Fascinating. Fascinating. <laughs> and exciting new paths to pursue. <laughs> exciting new paths to pursue. I trust my creative genius. I trust my creative genius. And I always make decisions. And I always make decisions. That become great. That become great. I am excitingly focused. I'm excitingly focused. On manifesting my life goals. On manifesting my life goals. And I am passionate. And I'm passionate. About my creative authority. About my creative authority. I have no stress. I have no stress. I don't hurry or worry. I never hurry or worry. And I love living. I love living. And I am grateful. And I'm grateful. To see more of me. To see more of me. Today. Today. Right now. Right now. I am growing. I am growing. To advance. To advance. Into my fullest potential. Into my fullest potential. I possess the substance. I possess the substance. Of belief. Of belief. To pass through any obstacle. Mm, to pass through any obstacle. That should ever come. That should ever come. Right now. Right now. I am using my authoritative power. I am using my authoritative power. To create the success. To create the success. And all of the prosperity. And all of the prosperity. That I desire. That I desire. Life is so amazing. Life is so amazing. Because I am so amazing. Because I'm so amazing. And I really do love me. <laughs> and I really do love me. Just like I am. Just like I am. This is my one natural life. This is my one natural life. So I am going to fully. So I'm going to fully. Abundantly. Abundantly. Live it. Live it. Right now. Right now. Today. Today. Wow. Such an empowering podcast and illuminating. And I just want to speak to the KBs right now. If you feel called to do so, if you know someone and you know this podcast would help them live their best life, feel better, spread that light, spread the love, and forward it to someone, forward it to a friend, and just welcome extra people into the Kinetic Belief community. Well, right now, speaking on behalf of Maggie as well, we are sending out so much love oh, yeah. and so much light to all you KB creatives all around the world. And thanks as usual, Steve, for all the wisdom. Bye.